Hi, I'm Carolyn Lobsinger. I'm one of the people who make the 7B podcast. You may recognize my name from the various stories I've written for the Bonner County Daily Bee. Every day, the team at the Daily Bee works reporting on stories in our community. Each story is the result of hours spent interviewing, writing, and rewriting to keep our readers and our listeners informed. If you'd like to help us continue to provide quality local journalism, the best thing you can do is become a subscriber of the Daily Bee. If you've already done that, thank you. If you haven't yet subscribed, you can do so by calling us at 208-263-9534 or go online to bonnercountydailybee.com. Now on to our podcast. The stories may be tall. Telling the tale of a buck with antlers that span the horizon or the size of a fish growing larger with each telling. It was this big. The words stretching out as their hands get farther and farther apart. Or they may be true. A mournful recollection of the one who got away. I had him, they'll say, but... And the words drift off. Or it may be the tale of that magical hunt when the buck of a lifetime wandered past. I got him! Excitement every word as they take you along on the hunt. They're the stories of friendships and traditions, of possibilities and glory, but also of the heartbreak of a line snapping at the wrong moment or a misjudged shot leaning harmlessly past. They capture the bonds of camaraderie and a deep love for the outdoors, inspiring others to join the sport, whether it be fishing, hunting, or sport shooting, so they too can open the door to a lifetime of adventure. The tales are family stories of fathers, mothers, sons and daughters, grandparents joining in as well. Generations lined up on the bank of a high mountain lake, fishing poles in hand, or of the group slipping their way silently through the trees single file in search of game to stock the family freezer. Those hunters, anglers, and sportsmen celebrate their love for the outdoors of the respective sports at the end of Bonner County Sportsman's Association's annual gun and horn show. Come along and listen to a few of their stories. Well, let's see. They do have My partner, the guy I was hunting with, and I went up to Grouse Creek. This was many, many years ago. And the Forest Service has a plot there where they're trying to develop a species of white pine. I don't know if they're doing that anymore. And so we got there. And I bugled one time, and a bull came right back, and he was ways off down a big steep ravine. So then I cowpunched, and he thought we had one of his cows. And I, I could hear him crashing around there. Oregon, get ready! Here he comes. And he came down the, the ravine up the other side. And I said, well, I don't know if it's in your story. Well, either they're going to kill him or get bread. Because <laughs> he had eyes were blazing, his mouth coming out of his nose. And so he soon uh, shot him with, with the bow at 12 paces. And he just kind of stood there looking around. He started to walk off. And I said, Oh, I hope he doesn't get down in that family. Pretty soon he's a fellow. 
How big was he? What's that? How big of an elk was he? Oh, he's a big elk. Gosh. I don't, of course, I have no way of knowing what he weighed live. But I took him out to the woods. Who are you? He said, well, lots of weight is close to a thousand pounds. What advice would you have to give to a new hunter that you would like to pass on? To have fun. Have fun. You know, and enjoy getting out. And like I say, I'm totally hooked on bull hunting. So it's a wonderful way to Anything else you'd like to share with the hunters or hunters to be out there? Just, just enjoy yourself. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether you're successful or not. You know, just being there. And if you're a bow hunter, the chances are you're not going to be successful. <laughs> you know, your chances are much smaller than if you were hunting with a rifle. But that's okay. Did you want to share your name? Well, how about just Mike? All day we don't catch a thing. We come back to our dock, we park the boat, and underneath our dock, we've got huge bass. So we catch four or five bass. We don't even have to take the boat out. We'll go right there. It's like fishing in the barrels. And we ask where we catch most of our big fish. If you had to give advice to somebody that is new to fishing, what advice would you give to them? Get a license. Uh, because they do check. At all time, but we've been out on our boats and they've come up and asked to see our licenses. Uh, make sure they get a license and uh, just have a ball. You can fish anywhere offshore. What's your favorite fish to catch? Mine is bass. That's all I fish for is bass. Top lures, top uh, Gary Yamamoto lures. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm strictly bass. Large and small. Not bass. Okay. Why did you get into fishing? I got into fishing because my wife, when we first married, we used to go out fishing, and she taught me everything I need to know about fishing. She was a fisher person, as they say nowadays. And, uh, yeah, she's the one that taught me. She got it from her dad, so. and I have lures that are probably 35, 40 years old. Tony They're called fucking ball. I use those. What's your favorite part of fishing? Catching. Anybody can fish. Catching is, is the most important part. And we, what we do is we, what we catch, we eat. What we don't eat, we throw back. So we'll catch two, and we'll have two that night. But the key is getting your license. As you can, that's all you gotta do is for the fish and stuff. Take care of everything. Pay your way. Would you like to share your name? Jay Dudley. Well, thank you very much, Jay. You betcha. A lot. Read and study a lot. Mm -hmm. um, right. 
all the water. But I would say probably the my favorite story would be when we were uh, me and my buddies. I was just telling him we always do a, a Thanksgiving mule deer hunting trip, and uh, we ended up we had we had six buck tags and we had eight doe tags, and we and we filled all the tags in like three days. And it was just a it was just an incredible. I mean, busy, hectic, but it was just an incredible time. To, to be able to be out there with all, all my best buds and we all tagged out you know and that that's that's already a super rare thing but it was a new location we'd never been there and just just from reading and scouting and looking at maps we we're like well we got to try it you know and uh we went out there and we ended up get all getting it done and it's it's already rare to tag out you know for one person but to have everybody in the group tag out and camp and be able to leave a day early and save a day but day of travel it was it was really really uh, it's just a good uh, overall good experience. Probably one of my favorite memories of being able to hunt with those guys. So what made it so special is you said it was a lot of your best buddies and yeah, just a lot of guys I work. You know, I worked with a couple of them, um, um, and then we all went. To, we were all going to school together, um, so we knew each other through that. Um, and we all just had similar interests and mm-hmm. you know somewhat like minded, and so we all get along and click very very well. And through that, I mean that those guys alone i mean have produced me opportunities of being able to work up in alaska for a summer and hunt and fish all summer long and and do that so it was just it was really cool because it's just it was a just a tremendous group of guys and and then for all of us to fill our tags like that on all you know respectable bucks and and get all of our does and have just a ton of meat and it was i mean probably the craziest three days that i've i've ever experienced hunting but it was it was it was pretty special um no i think that's probably good i don't want to i don't want to spoil with the other ones (laughs) but thank hi i'm kevin vaughn i'm an official measure for boone and crockett and this year at the the bonner uh, county um Gun and Horn Show, we had about 100 heads come in, and um, it's been a great experience this year um, measuring and um, getting to hear a lot of good hunting stories from people. And it's a a great opportunity for us to gather the data for um, wildlife conservation that the biologists um, and the game departments use for conservation practices, and they can see um, what the, the quality of the animals are and um, how many are coming in to, to use for uh, science, you know, to do their conservation with. What are some of the stories and some of the measurements of the animals that you've measured this year? Um, we had several, um, a, a lot of elk that came in this year and a, a lot more whitetail than normal. The um, the moose population is getting quite low here in North Idaho, and so the, the moose horns coming in for the show has been um, declining um, quite rapidly. But it, it is uh, nice to see the elk and the deer um, doing okay. So um, the mule deer have also been on a decline up here in North Idaho, and so um, that's been kind of a sad story for that. And then obviously the caribou aren't here anymore. So right. any good stories that folks have shared with you from their hunting trips that you feel that you're able to pass on? Uh, yeah, there was a young boy that um, 
is from town here that went on his first elk hunt and he got his first elk um, within like 10 minutes of his of his hunt and his dad had dropped him off and um he called his dad to tell him that he was successful and he's like no that's impossible you're only out there for just a short time but he had and he was able to call his dad back to get some help for that so that was exciting to awesome. see new hunters be successful like that if somebody who's a new hunter or wants to get into the sport what advice do you have for them or where could they go to get some experience or get some help um there's a lot of um, organizations, the Bonner County Sportsman is one um, where they can get some training on hunter safety and um, shooting and archery and um, just being around um, like-minded people that they can learn from and um, get out. And another organization is the First Hunt Foundation and it um, just allows people to go out on their first hunts and so um, they can get in contact, um, firsthuntfoundation.org, uh -huh. and um, look up mentors that are in their area where they can go. And that's getting, uh, I think they're in like 30 of the 50 states now. That's awesome. So it's getting pretty big for that. How can folks get a hold of the Sportsman's Association? Um, I think they have a website, bonnercountysportsman.org, um, okay. I think is what it is. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to share or to give folks advice on um we're just really excited to see all the people show up for the show here and i'm looking forward to more shows opening up in the future and uh i'm excited to see people getting out i i would suggest that that people take a class in shooting mm -hmm. um at the outdoor range we offer free um, training in in firearms and instruction we have yeah, rifles that we can loan up there right for starters um and all of our range masters up there are are certified or qualified instructors we always have two range masters on duty uh at the indoor range it's the same thing we have qualified instructors um it's just 22 rifle in there but there again it's we make it challenging we have uh playing cards put on edge that you have to split in half and uh you know and it costs uh, five dollars a day to shoot at either one or you can get a season's pass for the city if you're a member of the sportsman's association for another twenty dollars instead of seventy dollars so it pays to be a member of the sportsman's but we just have a fantastic time and there's more and more colleges that are offering scholarships for good shooters so mm -hmm. there's another incentive tell me about the sport of recreational shooting recreational shooting is is just either uh paper or steel drones or um a myriad of of, of advantages to, to test your skills mm -hmm. and that's all you're doing is you're testing your skills perfecting your skills mm -hmm. um and it's it's very rewarding when you can just pull the trigger and hear a ding down range <laughs> and you don't have to go pick up an animal and clean it <laughs> what got you into recreational shooting um actually my brother got me into recreational shooting about 20 years ago uh, in black powder cartridge, and we started shooting 
the old buffalo rifles out to a thousand yards with iron sights. And so uh, it just blossomed from there. And I, I've attended several uh, uh, national championship matches, regional matches. Uh, I've gone to the uh, Quigley shoot. Um, and it's, it's just, you meet some of the nicest people in the world you ever want to meet. Because everybody there, you know, the saying is misery loves company. So we, we like to share our sport, you know, so that everybody's just as miserable as we are. <laughs> Any advice you have for somebody who wants to get into the sport? Pick a firearm that they can afford to shoot often. So don't go get some exotic thing or, or big rifle that you're only going to shoot once a year because you can't afford to shoot it anymore. Pick a, a good 22. It's still inexpensive, and you can shoot all day for $25. And and everything that you learn to do with that 22 is going to carry through to any pick, any firearm that you pick up. So, any stories that you else that you like to share, or any other advice or tips? Well, I don't know what else we we pretty much covered, but I think that that the best thing you can do is get a good twenty-two, either a handgun or a rifle, and and shoot it because it's inexpensive. If it's inexpensive, you'll do it. Right. And and then you can just pick up the sport from there. Interruption. When you guide elk hunters for eight years in Jackson, Wyoming, you have lots of stories. What are some of the stories that you have? You pull down, please. I'll, I'll take your station. Well, the greatest, the greatest story I ever heard told was my dad's, a story of my dad's. And they had, they were in the saddle. Of course, we hunt everything in the saddle. And they were um, about the fifth day, and they, they got two or three feet of snow. which, And so the boss was showing them, instead of taking the trails, he was cutting cross country and, and really making them work, which sometimes happens to some hunters, depending on how much fun they are. And they had this one guy and they kept telling him all the things that would hopefully make his hunt go a little smoother. And he didn't listen to anything. So they had dropped down into a creek and they had ridden underneath a, a downfall, a big tree, and they had to lean off the side of the saddle to, to clear. And then at the other side, the horse would jump out the out of the creek up onto the bank. And the guy got down in there and he was wallowing around and pulling on the reins and the horse got all excited and the horse jumped straight up and drove his head into this bottom of this log, knocked all the snow off of it. They said his head went down into his neck like a turtle and his face got big and red and the horse fell back down in the creek. And they're going, get out of the saddle, get out of the saddle. And the horse did that three times before the finally knocked the guy out and he fell out of the saddle down into the snow. And then the horse stomped all over him and they climbed up out of there. But it was a big young guy and fun and everybody thought that was just the greatest. And it's one of those stories that probably is still being told about around the ranch mm -hmm. 45 years later. <laughs> but I don't, I, I, I've hunted here a couple of times with my daughters. Uh -huh. And after hunting, killing as much as I killed in Jackson, yeah. um, I don't hunt. I shoot. 
I'm a range master. I shoot up at the range as every chance I get. Uh -huh. I have a couple of really fun rifles that that I let people shoot, and uh -huh. and uh, we just uh, I'm more of a I enjoy shooting way more right. than I enjoy hunting. Tell anymore. me about being able to go out with your daughters. That sounds like that was been a special experience. They were they were all gung ho. The youngest wanted. She's a doctor, so uh -huh. she never had the. She I can't kill them. I just want to look at them. But the other two, it's like let's go. My oldest, I took her with a good friend of mine. We were up north of town here up by Moye, and we're walking along, and I turned to look and see what the, uh, the other rest of our party was doing, and all of a sudden she goes, damn, and I turn around, and I see her, and she's standing there looking at me with a rifle at cord arms, and there is a buck, a white-tailed buck, a beautiful white-tailed buck, 30 yards down the trail, and she goes, what should I do? <laughs> I go, shoot him. She pulls up the rifle, he jumps up onto the bank out of sight. She looks back around at me and she goes, Dad, how come you're not with me? And I look and he jumps back out into the road and takes another look at her. I'm going, shoot, there he is. My the other daughter, she never did get him. We were down south of town, out on Duford, and we're walking around and I see a, a buck. And, it, and I'm looking at him and he's barely, barely a buck. And my daughter goes, Dad, I should shoot him. I go, sweetheart, he's got spots. She goes, no, no, I want to shoot him. I go, he's a baby. You can't shoot babies. She goes, no, I want to shoot him. And he got tired of waiting for us, and he bounded up the trail. She still hasn't forgiven me 25 years later. It's like, I wanted to shoot that deer, and you wouldn't let me. I was just a baby. Got to let the babies go and grow up. But that that's my stories. What advice would you have for somebody who wants to get into a sport of shooting? Come up to the range, mm -hmm. shoot with us, ask questions, um, get confident, mm -hmm. and uh, and know where your rifle shoots. There's nothing worse than one again. Nothing worse than one again. So uh, we're there at the range to help everybody get sighted in, know as much as we can teach them about their rifles. And with the range masters we've had, we have up there, there's about a thousand years of shooting experience of all types of guns and all types of ev everything, size from elephant rifles down to the smallest. And and we do it because we love it and we enjoy teaching our trade or our passion or our hobbies to uh, newcomers. That's why we're there. If somebody is a young younger person, what is there like those hunters ed programs and stuff that they? There can is. Um, we have a, a hunters hunters ed program in town. It's been going for about thirty five years. Wow, awesome. Tom, big Tom, sitting here has Tom Johnson has taught the majority of the shooters, and then we have a bring your kid to the range day in June, typically okay. when we don't have to. Right pay attention to um and uh we've had we started out the first year what did we have 23 kids yeah 23 kids and in about seven years we're up to the ranges full for two days wow yeah. that is awesome. it is and it's wonderful and the kids they all get to shoot and we make sure that they that they're learning you know and muzzle safety mm -hmm. and all of that and the little boys um they just want to bang away and shoot up the mountainside. And the little girls, they listen and they put all their shots in one hole. And uh, it's it's kind of cute when the boy says, well, how come, how come she only shot like in the center of the target? I said, she doesn't watch as many John Wayne movies as you have. But uh, we have, it, it. it's a lot of fun.
we're hunting up on Scotchman's Peak. And we usually have a spike camp up there where we store stuff. And I was looking forward to a good meal. And I get up there and I find the tarp is all torn up. The stew cans are ripped open and sucked dry. And I look around, there's a grizzly paw. And in the middle of the paw is blood. So evidently it cut its hand on the can. So I was kind of disappointed. Went down that night and told my brothers and got no sympathy. The next day I'm up there again and it's foggy and I got vertigo and I look around and I see the bloody footprint again. And I go, wait a minute, it snowed last night. That's got to be fresh. He's still upset. And I saw my his footprint in my boot print. And I just headed straight downhill. I don't blame you. <laughs> now you've been hunting your whole life. Uh-huh. What is what's your favorite hunting story that when you were out in the woods and or your favorite fishing story when you've been out on the lake? Well, my favorite's when I get something. Share some of your stories. Well, we we're down in the Selway Bitterroot Wilderness mm-hmm. hunting elk. And we got an elk on Sunday afternoon, and we had to pack it out about five miles. I was at the University of Idaho at the time, and I had to be back in class at 8 o'clock Monday morning. And I got into class wearing my hunting clothes with blood and smelly elk all over. I bet that was a popular... uh... Well, the professor said if he got a couple steaks, he'd forgive me. There you go. What advice would you have for somebody who's just getting into the sport or just starting to learn to hunt? Well, uh, probably get with somebody who's experienced and pay attention. What's the best advice you ever got? Pay attention. (laughs) Any other stories or... Well, I hunted a lot with a couple of old guys, Otis and Horace Hart, from the Clark Fork area. And they were in their 60s when I was hunting with them. And they outran me, outclimbed me, taught me a lot. You've been listening to the 7B Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and remember to check back next Monday to hear the latest news and stories that are happening in our community.